Welcome to Navigating Change, the education podcast from Tybal Inc. I'm Pete Wright, and at long last, I feel reunited with Howard Tybal. Oh, missed you so Where have you much. Been? It's what people don't know is that right now you've been traveling so much that we've been recording way out of order and ahead, and and it's it's been crazy. I barely oh, remembered what you looked like. Well, you're looking you've at changed me now, a lot. So have I changed a lot? That's got to work. No one cares about what we're talking Today, about now. This is a uh, this is a we're, we're doing this is kind of old school project management day. Project management it keeps coming up every time I talk to leaders in the schools I'm working with. Yes, that there is a there is a deficiency. Uh, yes. In in uh, in how we execute our change projects, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Don't forget, before we dig in, head over to tybalink.com, learn more about this show. You can subscribe to the show for free. Uh, just click on the blue button there on the homepage. You can add your email address, and we will let you know each time a new episode is released, like this one. Okay, here we go. So, how did this come about? What that that inspired you to write me an email to say, Pete, we need to talk about project scope. Well, all my clients are complaining. You know, and, uh, <laughs> not about me. You're opening the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's simple. Two things. We don't teach project management skills to leaders. And secondly, most of us are waiting to be told what direction uh, the people we're reporting up to want to go. Would you say that higher ed, would you agree with my proposition that higher ed is typically not a what you would consider a project by based industry. Oh, totally. <laughs> like we don't we don't do yeah. projects. We don't think in projects. Well, there are industries that does. do. IT, IT that's what IT I was going to say. Has brought a lot of the methodology around project management to institutions, right? And there's been so much integration of technology, but you have Leaders of different areas, whether it's around enrollment management, financial aid offices, uh, the finance office, facilities, and they're managing projects all the time. Sure. But what they don't do well is manage up. And managing up is hard or managing up well. So how do you manage up? That's what I want to talk about today is give some methodology around how to help you or your people do a better job of communicating what you want to do and why. And there's there's an approach that we use that I think is really effective. Okay. I we need to we need to talk about that. Uh, the the discipline here that you are trying to sort of enculturate is on fig- making sure that the everybody understands and buys into the purpose of the project, but then they are able to extend that to know what to do next, right? Yeah, and then what to do next is really about engaging folks in a conversation, and the ultimate objective is getting to what I'd call, and what we call, is a scope document. Okay. And, and, and they mean different things to different people. A project plan is often a scope document. Uh, but there's an, iter- iter- an iterative process that's required around developing scope that I think we fall into trying to get it right the first time versus recognizing getting something wrong is actually a way to move something forward. It's almost counterintuitive. It's like it's the idea of, you know, when the market crashes to buy more, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. That seems to be the wrong time to buy, but everybody that anyone that understands financial management or investing is you buy when when everything comes down, right? 
And that's when we get scared and we want to pull out. The same is true when it comes to developing uh, an idea and putting it out there. And one thing I always tell my staff is give it to me wrong. Think -hmm. about how crazy that is. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that uncovers what I do want. The people you report to, I don't care who you are, whether you're on the cabinet reporting to the president, president reporting to the board, the board dynamics is a little bit different because there's a lot of reluctance to do anything wrong around the board, which I think is a problem in itself, different conversation. But as we try to report up, we are so concerned about getting it right, we don't find ourselves in a dialogue about what we want to do. And it really comes down to three things. Defining a solution, developing a strategy, and then de- defining scope. Okay. Those are the three things. So let's take it let's take them in order. So defining a solution, what is that uh, what do you mean by that? Well, a solution is ultimately solving a problem. And one of the things you and I have talked a lot about and people can read about or listen to a previous podcast is that we often solve a problem before we understand it. So part of a solution strategy or uh, uh, defining the solution is starting off by by problem finding. Like what is the problem really that we're trying to solve here? And defining it in a way that paints a picture for a solution, not how you're going to get there, but what do we need to do to address this problem. And it's really throwing ideas on the table. It's not even it's not even yet having the specific strategy, but it's getting the dialogue started. It's 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 the entry point into the conversation. Here is a solution we want to go to. So, you know, I'm often finding myself asking very simple questions and people are really good at answering these questions. So, if we were successful, what would that look like? That represents a solution. And then you start from that place and you back into, all right, if we know that's the solution and we have confidence that we understand the problem, which is a discipline in itself, then we dig into the next layer, which is sort of coming down from 60,000 feet to 30,000 feet. And now it's about developing a strategy. So if this is the solution where we want to get to, What would be the overarching strategy? And at this point, you don't want to get into the details of the weeds. You want to frame it from the point of view of here is at a high level the three things we should focus on or the three phases or the two steps. It's a way of framing it at a level that people can see it without getting caught in the weeds. And can, we that, think, can you give me an example, like a, a, a little bit more concrete example, so we can actually walk through this process? Yeah. So I'm going to look at I'm going to look at a uh, a strategy right now. So, you know, I was given the task to talk to work with uh, a provost and the deans in developing the next strategic plan. Okay. So this is that was the the, the the end result was we need a new strategic plan that's going to get us through the next 10 years. The strategic plan is actually a means to the end. The end is ultimately, if we step back even further, we can talk about a solution. Why mm-hmm. is this important? Is because we want to have 
uh, our students engaged and our faculty engaged in sort of this this new way of thinking about how we want to educate and put kids uh, or students, adults and younger generation through the academic process? And what would that look like? And how do we do it differently? So, so we're talking about really creating a new academic or a new academic model. A new academic model. Right. Okay. So if that's the overarching uh solution, like that would define success, and I call success a solution, then the strategy is, all right, what are the ways we can go about doing that? Well, one way to go about doing that is to think about bringing groups of people together. Now, I don't now think about this. So I'm going to say back to somebody, so how about this? Do we want to bring together the deans and the chairs? Well, let's start off. What do you think about bringing the leadership together? And engaging them in a conversation about why this is important. So what I've done here is I've moved the conversation from the overarching outcome, five to 10 years down the road, we want to see X, to how are we going to engage the right people? And this would be one of a number of strategies we can employ. It could be a retreat of the provost and the deans. It could be a interviewing process of the deans. Let's get a collective view of what each of us thinks about what the future of the institution looks like. But it's a it's a means to begin the process of breaking down the conversation. Now, by the way, this is actually defining what we're going to do. We're not doing it yet. That's one of those things, yeah, where we get, we get stuck there, right? Especially people who are not accustomed to, uh, to separating planning from working. That's right. I mean, if you heard what I just said, it sounds like, well, that sounds good. Let's just do it. And next thing you know, someone puts something in the calendar, we come together, but we really haven't thought through whether or not the strategy supports the solution. And ultimately, is there a scope that we can define that represents how we're going to actually execute? It's going from 60 to 30 down into the trees and the weeds. Mm -hmm. If you're good at what you do, you you have a way of communicating this in an efficient way, but forces people to have some patience in the process. So, so let's just come back to the example. So we've got a solution which is a new academic model. Right. Uh, that's that's the vision. Solution vision. We've got a strategy which is interviewing. We've got the idea of bringing the different teams together and building engagement. And, you know, maybe three or four other examples that could be part of the strategy. And the strategy is a means to the end. And now, all right, here are those five different things we could do. Let's now scope this out. So what would this actually look like? And a scope document for me puts together a, a, puts together a coherent, we're going to start with this. We're going to do the following three things in this sequence, and I now have confidence if we do these things, it will support the strategy, which supports the ultimate solution. And I think we, we what happens is, internally, is we don't take the time to have the conversation at those three levels. We jump right to, you know what? We don't have a strategy, so let's bring people together. Next thing you know, we have a meeting, and next thing you know, we have a solution, as opposed to starting with where do we want to end up and then engaging people in the conversation. One of the one of the real benefits of this scope, of thinking in terms of scope, 
is that it defines the limits of what you are and are not going to do. Thank you very much. That is really important, and it allows you to start thinking in terms of, of a more specific sort of cost schedule and performance objective that That's we're right. going to do, we're going to create this new academic model, and we're going to do it by such and such a date and within such and such a cost, including human hours. The, the scope, unlike the strategy and the solution, needs to have in it the what, the where, the when, and the how. And we all know this, but we drop the ball either coming in too uh, shallow initially or too high, and we the scope document fundamentally becomes a communication tool to set expectations. This is what this is. I, we are absolutely running into this. We have a project. The scope has been uh, the the scope has been so loosely defined. Wait, wait are you describing something real in your yes, life? Yes. Right now? Yes. No. This is it. I'm pulling back the velvet curtain. All right, here we go. Right now, are you ready for this? I'm ready. The scope has been so loosely defined in terms of the who and the when that more interested parties than were initially invited to the conversation have started doing work on the project. <laughs> now, it's not like uh, folks in academia are really hungry to do more work, but this is a really important project, and people who are interested are saying, hey, let's get teams together in our department, and we'll contribute, even though they weren't asked. <laughs> yeah. there, is, there is a reason, probably, that you weren't asked, but as a communication tool, it was not effectively rolled out. That is an incredibly, like, when, when I say defining the limits of the work to be done, that's what I mean. Like, th- right. this will help you focus, and we're not good at that. But, but, but here's the piece that, uh, that I'm really, I want people to understand, is that the solution, none of these three levels, solution, strategy, and scope, are right or wrong. It's a choice. It, it, it needs to rest with you and say, and with those who are, who are the integral parts of the team to say, yes, that is the, what success looks like. I can get behind it. Yes, that is the strategy that will help get us to the solution. And the scope should be more iterative. And what I mean by that is, unlike what we often do, which is we put something in front of somebody or a group and say, here's the plan. And next thing you know, it's like written in stone. You got to be willing to put a scope in front of people and have it be wrong. And I can tell you, if you invite that conversation, you will have a better scope. But too often, we are so busy and these scope documents are put together and aesthetically they look beautiful, right? You know, they got the right number of bolding and the certain sections are bigger than others. I can write a beautiful scope document that looks perfect. And as a result, people just buy into it partly because of the aesthetics yeah, and the clarity of it. Okay, that makes sense. But we don't ask the question, what's wrong with this? What's missing from this? Will this get us to our outcome? And if you ask that question and treat scope as a back-and-forth exercise before you actually start the scope, you will get everybody even more leaning forward into the process because they will have invested themselves to try and really understand the scope. It's It's the difference between an active and a passive instrument, right? If I ask you what's wrong with this, you will read it much more carefully and critically than if I said to you, what do you think? And we don't do that 
You know, you and I have been in this a lot. And, you know, even in our all work together, which has been great, where I get to like, uh, you'll put something in front of me and you'll remind me, you know, how we're looking at it this way. And I think we have to take greater responsibility for the listeners around us that we're trying to engage and say, look at this and, and then be open to their feedback. Right. If if we don't if we don't allow for that, we're sort of passively going through accepting a plan, and next thing you know, we're surprised why there's confusion around expectations. What you get in the iterative process is people stepping forward and saying, "You know what? I don't see the who in this section, or I don't see the when." Yeah. And you have to ask those questions so that when you get started, people feel like, "Okay, it's it's." It's working. And here's even the toughest part, Pete, I'll say. Not only do we have to be flexible in the development of scope, once this thing kicks off and we got momentum, we need to be flexible to change course. And that's in some sense a topic for a different conversation. But I think the one of the one of the advantages, one of the things that I bring and my team brings to the table, and we emphasize this so much, is flexibility. And that, that is the piece that is often missing in working through an initiative where we're trying to do something different is you need flexibility to pivot when things are actually not going the way you expected. Uh, and that's another part. That, and that gets us into execution. Here we're talking about very simply do a better job of defining your solution or your vision. Use that to define a strategy that outlines it at a high level, and then have a process of back and forth with the key stakeholders to develop a scope document that defines the who, what, when, and why. Let's talk about then, as a final closing point, how that impacts you as an outsider working with teams that have done this right. What does it look like in a best practice scenario uh-huh. when a team comes to you and says, okay, let's, let's walk through the process and see what it means to get engaged? One word. What happens? It's real partnership. I would say more than half the time, it's not that. And it's not that. I thought you were going to say, what does it look like when it's not going well? Uh, it's a great it's question. It's aspirational. What, it's an aspirational question. It's an aspirational podcast, right? We want people to feel good when we leave here. Hallelujah. But you're right. Uh, when it looks right, it's partnership. It's it's then clear what our role is in this exercise, and it's clear what their role is in this exercise. And when when I have that, I end up walking away feeling like I'm being used and my team is being used to our strengths. And when it's not being done, what happens is it leads to blame. Sure. Blame blame in a number of, of – pointed in a number of directions, internal and external. But I That's think right. that, that, we, that celebrating the benefits are, A, your project will likely be done more efficiently, more quickly, or, or let's say it'll be finished on schedule, and B, it'll probably cost you a lot less. That's right. Yeah. And it costs a lot less in more than just financial terms. Yeah. Everyone's problem today is we have too many things on our plate, and we used to talk about we're running around putting out fires. It's worse today. And it's not going to get any better unless we get more efficient in, well, one, understanding what our priorities are, but two, do a better job of defining scope. And, and the, and the catch 22 here is the following. The reason we don't do this 
is because we're so busy, we just want to get something started. So this takes time when I'm describing, right? And that's why sometimes you hire it from the outside because you get you get somebody outside to help you develop this scope. And I think that's where sometimes we really offer great value. But the catch-22 is if you don't do this, you're going to pay for it on the other side where you're not going to have a great outcome. And it's often because you didn't put enough time in the planning. I, I think that's a great. It's just, this is a reminder. This is a reset for folks who are struggling with figuring out why, A, probably the pro- your project sponsor may be doing too much work on their own, on their own desk. Uh, and, uh, and B, you, your projects may not be moving uh, according to schedule. So this is hopefully a good reset for folks who are it is. taking on big sip- projects. Yeah. Or going on vacation. You know, we're coming up on the summer here, right? Yeah, right. So this is going to be like, yeah, great podcast. I'm going on vacation, going on vacation. baby. <laughs> you, de- you deserve it. You, they all, we there all deserve go. it. Thanks, everybody, for downloading and listening. On behalf of Howard Teibel, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week right here on Navigating Change, the education podcast from Teibel, Inc. Mm-hmm.